Hello, and welcome to another episode of Akonis the Contractor's Life from Washington State. I'm your host, Scott Dresser. Uh, my guest uh, on this episode is Paul Rossi. Uh, you might remember him from the episode just before this. Um, Paul Rossi is uh, ex-Navy and uh, private security contractor. And, uh, man, he's got quite the resume. Uh, everything from maritime security to force protection, uh, investigations, actor, model. Um, <laughs> I mean... <laughs> You know, um, if there's anything that you like about um, military or contractors, um, anything before, after, and in between, this guy's probably done it. So um, <laughs> with that said, uh, welcome to the show again, Paul. Thanks for having me, yeah. I appreciate it, Mike. <laughs> you know, um, I got to say, uh, before we go too far, it's, uh, you know, it, it's, it's always a pleasure uh, to talk with guys like you. Uh, whether it's it's uh, over the mic like this or just on the phone, um, we have so much in common, and and just being able to talk with somebody that got the same mindset, it, it's always a pleasure. So I'm so glad uh, uh, you came on, and we're doing this again. Um, so for the folks that are listening um, that that maybe didn't hear the the previous episode um, or don't remember for whatever reason, uh, can you briefly just tell them uh, who you are? Uh, what you did and uh, what you're doing now and how you got to all this stuff. Yeah, no problem. Um, so yeah, I'm Paul Rossi. I, uh, I spent some time in the Navy. I was in a uh, combat search and rescue helicopter squadron uh, in the Navy, spent a little bit of time in buds, um, got out. I was an investigator, did some undercover work, uh, did some fraud work, uh, surveillance, you name it. I've done everything under the sun. Um, got into contracting, did, uh, did a year overseas in Afghanistan, uh, half a year in Iraq. Uh, I've done maritime. I've done um, disaster relief here in the States. I've worked for contract companies doing that. Um, God, I'm sure there's more, but uh, I'm old. And uh, sometimes my memory slips me. I got to change my depends once in a while. <laughs> yeah, I've, I mean, I've, I've got a lot of got a lot of stories. We uh, can probably go all night my stories, but it's just a matter of OPSEC and rated R versions. What I'm what I'm gonna right. relay to you. Right. Well, you know, that's interesting. Speaking of OPSEC, I mean, uh, we were just talking about that uh, just before we started this uh, episode, which was. Um, you know, a couple of things we talked about offline about, you yeah. know, upset. And, and, and there is no shortage of people in the industry who it's like you look over your shoulder and you look at him and go, what? Yeah. <laughs> I want people to know I do cool stuff. <laughs> That's how it goes. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, most of us, maybe all of us that have been over there um, have those stories. Um, it's yeah. just a matter of, of, of remembering them and recollecting them because some of them were just yeah. so stupid, so dumb. It's like you don't want to remember it. It's <laughs> yeah, I, I've got people like, I, I don't know if I block them out or subconsciously or what, but I've got people reminding me of stories that <laughs> I... I Oh yeah, now I remember that. Yes, yes, that happens yeah. with me frequently. Um, <laughs> uh, hey, remember that time you duct taped me to a bus and drove me around to the British side? 
and open the door while we played loud music. Oh yeah. I yeah. That. Oh man. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, fortunately, I was never that guy. Uh, not that I didn't come close a few times, but I was never that guy. Um, I've got the patch that actually says that guy. That's me. <laughs> I was that. Guy. You know, I, I seem to recall seeing somebody walk. I don't remember if somebody taped it on his back. I think that's what it was. Somebody taped uh, a piece of paper on the, some some dude's uh, shirt. I'm that guy. <laughs> you know, the same things. You that's know, rookie man. Or yeah, you know, or or we'd uh, take uh, TP, and uh, when the guy's not looking, and somebody would walk up and uh, just brush it up against him, and he'd be walking around the toilet paper tail for the rest oh. of the day. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. That's not the we. We actually cut out um, a symbol, a, a let's just say a phallic symbol, and taped it on somebody's back. Yeah, and then we take pictures and <laughs> the things. Yeah, we, it, the things we do to pass time. The drawing. I mean, I, I I told you before in the previous episode that I was you know I, I started to go to college for art and I was uh, I was into drawing. So there are a let me just say a shit ton of Porta Johns in Afghanistan and Iraq that have my artwork on there. And <laughs> I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure nine out of 10 of them say something about Wagner. <laughs> okay. You have to yeah, expound that's, on that's that an one. Inside joke for the military. Okay. That one. Yeah. Wagner love. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, okay. So, so you're currently um, stateside and um, correct. Yeah. And, uh, you're on a interesting, uh, quote unquote, stateside project uh, in in the maritime uh, sector, correct? And well, it's not a technically it's not a stateside project, but yes, I'm right. Relieved I, from the state, right? That yeah, no, quote unquote, a, yeah, right. <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and, and you you found that you actually enjoy that. I mean, uh, you really like you really dig well, that. I, you know what I really like? I like paying my mortgage and my Jeep payment mm. and buying my family stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Right. I okay. Say I enjoy it. Okay. You know, um, there are there are absolutely aspects. I mean, obviously, I went back to it. Um, I was hoping to, uh, I, I guess you could say, retire. I don't think anyone really retires from contracting. Um, I was going to get out to work on a full time career of you know, acting and pretending like I was cool huh? instead of actually being cool. <clears throat> but, um, you know, 2020 hit, kicked me right in the junk and, uh, I'm mm. back, I'm back on my maritime contract again, but yeah, there are aspects of this job that I do like. It's the uh, majority of the people, um, the guys that I work with, it's a small group and, uh, they're all really good guys and I've become very close, very good friends with them. The money obviously, um, is, is very good. Um, the company that I work for is a small tribal company that I'll tell you, Hey, when they keep it small, they keep it good. Hmm. Um, you know, I, I was talking about in the last episode that I worked for a company and I, I don't mind saying their name, Janice. They were a good company, um, with good people, um, all the way through the whole process. <clears throat> and to say that the recruiters were even good, they were phenomenal. Hmm. Um, <clears throat> but once it got bought out by a big company, I started to notice the changes and I've seen it before and I'm sure I'll see it again. Uh, it's a little bit disheartening. 
But right. the company that I still, you know, that I'm that I came back to, um, still somehow does it right. Hmm. Not, I mean, not everything. You know, there's there's still aspects that nobody likes. Everybody thinks the grass is always greener, but hell, I keep coming back to this platform. <laughs> well, you know, speaking of Janice, um, as I recollect, the first time. I don't know how long exactly they've been around, but I seem to recall um, coming across those guys sometime in 2010 there in, in Baghdad. And I want um, I don't, but I think they went by a different name. They went by a different name. Yeah, they, they became Janice later. Yep. Um, yep. But now, so, and what, what I'm still, nobody's clarified for me. Sterling so Global. Sterling. Okay. See? Sterling Global. Yes. Okay. They had, a, they had a pipeline contract back then. I was, I was trying to get on. Okay. Okay. So, so, and, and then Janice is because guys were saying back then that they were an Iraqi security company, but they're not. Are they? The, I mean, isn't that an American or British? No, hundred no, percent American. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, yep. so for the folks that are listening, uh, you know, all, all the head scratching out there, we just clarified it for you. Janice Global is an American uh, security company, um, and by from what I've heard. Uh, you're only like the third guy that I know, well, maybe fourth or fifth, that claims to have worked for them. Um, wow. So I'm just saying they're, 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 they're getting bigger. They're coming around, but uh, uh, we're hearing more and more good things about it. So for the people that are out there saying, I'm looking for work, and, you know, who can I work well, for? <laughs> now, see, they're not, I mean, they're, they've changed their name. I was in the process when they did. I was, I was there in Iraq when they got bought out by Caliburn. So now they are mm. Caliburn. Um, but I'm just saying when they were Janice, they were great. Right. I liked them. Right. No problem with them. Yeah. Well, and, and that's, that's happening. They, uh, Caliburn bought, uh, I guess, uh, who was that other, um, Sally Port and some others. That Sally were, Port, well, yep. Yeah. Correct. So, uh, you know, just like, uh, Constellus bought up, uh, Academy, Triple Everybody. Canopy, <laughs> probably others yeah. as well. You know, the Garter's got Aegis and G4S and all those people are, you know, um, yeah. it's, it's becoming a conglomerated, uh, mishmash out there, but there are good companies still. There's still good companies out there. Absolutely. Yeah. And like are. you said, it's and the guys, it's the guys that you work with. That's what really makes it. When you have up. a bad day and you go to sleep, you wake up. You look forward to getting back to work with the guys that 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 you get along with because that's that's what makes it at the yeah. end of the day. That and the paycheck. Yeah, put me in heaven with a bunch of pricks and give me. <laughs> I'll decide. I'd rather be in hell with a bunch of good guys that, that I've worked with. Right. You know, and I mean that. Yes. Send me back to Afghanistan in a in a shithole trench with a bunch of good guys, and we've got a purpose. Jesus, man, I'm good to go. Right. Yeah, well, but that 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 does, and and that and when we talk about like mindset and one thing or another, I mean yeah. we're not just talking about you know the mindset that says I'm going to stare down in my sights and pull the trigger. We're just we're talking about everything, you know, the, you know, being able to cope and get along with guys day after day after day for three months at a time. Um, yes. In close contact. We're not automatons. Right. right. Everybody's got a personality. You know? right. we're, we're not freaking robots, even though we're, we are window licking trigger pullers. And some of them got some serious personalities, too. What, what are you trying to say, Scott? What are you trying to say? I'm right here, man. That hurts. You know, but I I'm just freaking feeling. But, <laughs> some of us would, you know, I mean, but I'm just saying, you know, guys like you, I wouldn't, you know, I could, I could handle a 12 or 14 hour flight across the pond with. 
Um, Are you sure? Well, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I'd be drinking the whole time, but yeah. And yeah. <laughs> uh, Nobody would blame you. <laughs> uh, so, you know, we've all had uh, our share of experiences. Uh, you know, sometimes we say that, you know, they're kind of the same experiences. They're similar, they're different, but they're kind of the same. But you've got some good ones. Yeah. And, and um, uh, you know, so for the folks that are listening, because a lot of times they, it's like, well, what was it really like over there? You know, I really want to hear what it was like. Okay. Um, <laughs> Dusty. Yeah. Well, you know, and sometimes, you know, my wife doesn't ask me anymore because you could just see that look in their eyes. Like, yeah, I knew you didn't really want to know. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. But uh, for the folks that are listening um, and, you know, uh Give us a give us get, tell them give us something uh, that you don't mind uh, uh, putting out there that that kind of says this is what it was like this is an experience I had funny or otherwise but uh, this is what it's like over there folks that kind of thing okay well um, so and obviously each territory is different um, when I was in Hellman it was uh, obviously very dusty we had a lot of sandstorms. Um, and you, as long as everybody else, as well as everybody else knows, uh, the smell you sadly get acclimated to, um, it's basically floating fecal matter. Uh, <laughs> it does not smell good. And, and whatever clothes you have there, you want to burn before you come home. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. It's, it's third world, but it's, you make do, you know, you make do it's an experience. Um, if you've never been, if you've never been grouped with a bunch of guys and had to live with, you know, smelly, disgusting pigs. Well, it's probably not for you. You know? (laughs) Yeah. And when you say smelly pigs, we're not talking about, um, uncle John's farm. Um, no, we're talking about, uh, ourselves. (laughs) We're talking about, uh, the, the, the dirty, filthy meat eaters. Well, it's funny. I I, uh, I got a good buddy of mine that's still over there on contract uh, on WPS. Been, you know, we met back in 2010. But uh, he used to say, dude, did you... I, I, I can't say it exactly, but he used to comment why I never put on antiperspirant or deodorant <laughs> yeah i mean i showered every day i smelled like soap for about five minutes until the sun hit right and and i'm like yeah. dude are you serious i mean within i'm outdoors most of the time i had an office but you know and i went in there when i had to but for the most part, i was outdoors i said are you kidding yeah. i said you know somewhere between nine and noon i'm a filthy sweaty dirty pig you're not <laughs> that's yeah. all you're gonna smell what's the point you know <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I, I, um, as long as you don't contribute to the smell of fecal matter, <laughs> then I guess you're good. No, that, uh, if, if I was standing in the wrong direct, you know, if the wind was coming the wrong direction and that's, and that porta potty was close enough that, yeah, no, that, that was all I needed. Um, but, uh, but dude, I mean, full sleeves, full kit, 120 degrees. Yes. What, what do you want, man? Right. Oh, man. Oh, you know, and, and, and you're, you're wet with sweat sometimes um, from about where, you know, your, your sensitive area is all the way up, you know, to the top of your head. Um, I mean, yeah. it, it's like, holy crap, you know, you can get a warm breeze come along at 130, 135 degrees and it feels good, you know. Bro, I used to unzip my zipper when that happened. Yes. Just to get a little AC in that vent. 
I shit you not. Yes, yes. Uh, the trade. <laughs> Mercenary trade crap, 101. <laughs> and then you look over your shoulder and you go, oh, crap, okay, well, I guess I'm done exposing myself for today. <laughs> nah, everybody else is doing it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, That's man. <laughs> so, but in Helmand, now, tell, for the folks that are listening that don't, maybe they've heard of it and they kind of know where Helmand is, can can you dial in a little bit and, and give them a little bit better idea of, of where it is and what it's like down there? Uh, yeah, it's uh, the southeast pit of uh, Afghanistan, uh, not maybe a stone's throw, uh, throw away from Pakistan. It's uh, just kind of down in the pit, man. It's, right, that's the hot, dusty, yeah, dry desert area, right? Ah, it's lovely. Yeah, beautiful. <laughs> yeah, so you were talking about the snowing down there in Helmand. Um, you know, I actually never spent any time in, in Helmand province. Um, always wanted to go down there. I'm not sure why. Maybe I'm a glutton for punishment. But uh, guys have talked about uh, it gets cold and snows down there, and I'm like, really? Yeah, because you're, you're at the foothills of the mountains, so it's it gets its uh, occasion. We've had uh, We've had quite a few decent... Uh, snowfalls where it got um, got all the dry dirt, slushy and muddy, and we had uh, hmm. you know we had a lot of vehicles that got that got trapped in it, had to be towed out by uh, by like a an MRAP or something. Uh, huh. I was actually very lucky; I never got stuck. Knock on wood, with the exception of you know getting run off the road by Jordanians in my Hilux. <laughs> You know that that's interesting. Yeah. A lot of folks are surprised when we when we talk about snow and ice, um, ice like in uh, Kuwait and ice and frozen um, uh, uh, sand out there in, in Iraq. Yeah. And they're like, "What? Yeah, hey, it's amazing." Oh, in the wintertime, I, I remember the first time I experienced it. It was like, "What? This is ice." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 a desert. You know, extreme temperatures. Right. Oh yeah. That's what makes the desert. Yeah, and, and it does take a little getting used to, um, and, and not everybody can handle it. I mean, there's some True. dudes, some some guys that, you know, you think are, um, you know, tough guys back home. They get over there, and they're like, oh, man. And, you know, a week or a month later, some of them will stick it out for three or four months, but you don't, you never see them again. Uh, yep. so, so when we talk about, you know, the mindset that it takes, I mean, there's all kinds of factors that go into the right mindset, the right mentality of the person, whether it's in the military or contractor, that, that can not only handle that stuff, but um, survive and thrive in it. Yeah. Yeah. You, I mean, that's the, the whole phrase, embrace the suck. I mean, that's pretty much it. You have to, <laughs> it's miserable. The, right. Some of the extreme conditions that you're in are very miserable. But I think that's what builds you. That's what that's what builds that character where your endurance kicks in and, and you're able to withstand things. And uh, I, honestly, I, I think it only makes you stronger. Right. Yeah, no, it does. Well, yeah, well, on that old saying, I mean, you know, there's a lot of old sayings. They say they're trite, they're quaint, whatever. But they're like that for a reason. Okay, And they stick around, they last the, the test of time for a reason. And, and uh, what, you're, right. what you're saying is, you know, what, you know, some of the sayings we hearken to, you know, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Um, you know, and, and in the previous episode, we uh, we talked about, uh, you know, guys, you know, death. I mean, it's, it's a natural part of life. Nobody likes it. Nobody wants to die, really. But everybody dies at some point. I mean, it's just live long enough, you're going to die. Um, and right. and uh, none of us looks forward to it. And uh, 
But yeah, so that's what we're talking about. Embracing the suck, whether it's over there, here, bring it home with you. I'm just, it's, uh, and when I say bring it home, I don't mean uh, the party that you had. <laughs> but, you, know, <laughs> you know, what was that saying? The first, when you get over there, one of the first things you hear is uh, what happens here stays here. <laughs> and it's like, well, I yeah. hope so. <laughs> you well, know? There's, honestly, there's no need to bring it anywhere else. <laughs> let, it, let it stay there and fester like it's Yeah. Um, you know, but it, and it, it's amazing, too. Uh, you, you mentioned earlier... Um, about haughty sweat, hot sweaty pigs. I mean, it it is, and it's but and I'm not trashing uh, the countries or the culture necessarily when we say this, but it is kind of a dirty atmosphere over there. I mean, it, it's amazing. Yeah, literally. It, yeah, it is. <clears throat> and yeah, there's uh, dirt in the air. Yeah. Yes, uh, and all the pollution that goes along with it, uh, and and it's and all its forms. Um, so yeah, you just got to really embrace and, and tolerate it, but you, uh, so where we were going with this before, before I got a sidetracked, um, so you had, <laughs> you, you had some good stories, uh, of your, uh, of an experience down there in, in Hellman. So let's go ahead and pick up with that. Well, I mean, I've had, I've had a boatload of stories down there, but <laughs> I've had stories everywhere. Um, we'll start with I, one I, and we'll, can, and we'll go through them all. um i I could recall a couple like uh i mean i was telling you in the previous episode about what we used to do for fun how we we break into each other's shoes we had we had one guy who's uh he was a former ranger he was hilarious but he used to um he used to sunbathe like it was (laughs) there was there was two of them in a tower and they were on a perimeter tower and it was uh it was him and it was this other dude who was a Swick guy, Navy Swick. And um, they do the one up, one down. So one guy was up in the tower paying attention. The other guy was down. <laughs> and it was usually this dude, Schultz. He was, he was down sitting on a chair um, with nothing but his Ranger panties rolled up so that he can get the most sun on his body. Hmm. And you'd see him out there. You'd, I'd be driving by, you know, and I'd just see him and he'd wave. And I'd <laughs> God damn, dude. <laughs> he's just sunbathing. He's practically naked. You know, he's white as a ghost. Um, crap like that, though, it, it keeps you going. It's, it's Honestly, it's great for morale. And uh, he, he one time, he actually broke into one of the supervisor's shoes. And he got himself uh, one of those rubberized kiddie pools. And he actually filled it up with water so that the guy could barely get into his shoe. And when he did, his, his entire room was a kiddie pool. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah. This is, this is, ironically, this is actually one of the supervisors that I did. He was a former SF. Uh, he was one of them that I tried to sneak up on, me and this other guy at night. And uh, this other guy who was with me. Was uh, He was a warrant officer. Good dude. He... We got into his shoe thinking that it was late enough at night. He'd be asleep because he had to get up, you know, for, for 6 a.m. Well, he was in his rack reading, facing the door, and he saw <laughs> And this guy was older, but he was fast. He actually chased me around the compound, and I was just, I was laughing while I was running. <laughs> but uh, he wasn't happy. He wasn't happy. And the guy, guy had some endurance, but... uh <laughs> yeah, I, I finally got away from him, but some of these, some of these old guys, and we, and it, and it beckons us back to the phrases, you know, uh, 
don't ever piss off an old guy in this in this industry. We're we're old for a reason, right. and, and that is so true. Right. You know, I, I mean, we joke about it, but we talk about how I've had so many guys, so many friends and coworkers who have died either through combat or you know taking their own lives or or just mishaps um, in this industry. And it's it's no lie, man. I'm I'm thankful to be at my age and still able to do what I can do, you know, physically and mentally. So right. No, it's uh, not an easy occupation. It, it is not. Well, and, and, yeah. And, and I think just, you know, sometimes just getting through life, you know, oh, when, yeah. at, at a certain point you, you look back and you go, wow. And, um, you know, I, 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 I thank myself frequently and, and consider myself to be blessed uh, to have the level of health and fitness that I have, um, you know. Well, not, not only that, not only that, Scott, think about the other side of the coin. I am happily married for over 16 years. I, wow. That's a rarity in our industry. It you is. Know? You, you talk to guys who are divorced two, three times over right. because they're never home. You know, right. they never see their kids. Right. I've got a wife that I actually like. You know, I love my wife. We're, we're funny. <laughs> you know, which, which in you, itself you like is her. a rarity sometimes. Yeah. I, I, I actually I, like her. I almost got backhanded the other day when I told my wife that, you know, that I actually like you. And the look I got was like, what did I, did I say something wrong? <laughs> right. So it's supposed to be positive. <laughs> right. right. Oh, that's funny. Uh, yeah. You know, and that that's a great um thing that uh, occasionally gets brought up uh, but you know when we talk about the difficulties challenges and issues that either as military or contractors that we face one of the great many is the family thing the, the marriage thing absolutely um, and think of what they got to deal with right yeah um it, it, it is it is it is not a picnic and um you know i've heard some guys say that and I think my wife even used to say it, something along the lines like, you know, I've earned, you know, what I have had, you know, sticking, yeah. staying with you and, and going through all this stuff um, and tolerating it and let you do it. Um, you know, and I didn't I did, that never rubbed well with me for a while. But after a time, I thought, you know what? She's kind of right. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, when, you know, we're at 30 plus years. So, um you know, That's and awesome. Congrats, man. Well, thank you. Yeah, I mean, I, I sometimes have to scratch my head and go, holy shit. Yeah. For real? <laughs> you know, same woman for 30 plus years? Yeah. Uh, right. Well, she she says the same thing, you know. <laughs> it's like, uh, she reminds me of how lucky I am. Uh, anyway, yeah. so I didn't mean to digress, but uh, yeah, I mean, the, the stories, uh, some of these stories are, are legendary. And uh, some of them are actually true um, <laughs> that we don't. Uh, are, are, are we segueing into a story? Because I got one. <laughs> Please. <laughs> okay. So, all right. I, I got to be careful how much I can say. But this this was, uh, let me see, two years ago, three years ago? It was about three years ago. So I'm out on my maritime contract um, monitoring a certain company's ballistic missile system. Uh and um, we had uh, a flyby, let's say a flyby. We were a little close to uh, a certain area of operations, mm. and we get a flyby by, and I'll say it, it was a Russian aircraft. It was a spy plane. It got so close that one of the guys, I was in the gym at the time on the ship, and I was working out, and one of my guys 
uh, was up on the helo pad and he saw it and he came running in, got me up there. So I run up and I'm, you know, literally I'm in shorts and a t-shirt and, um, I see this aircraft and I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. And it was so low flying. We we've, we've got pictures of it that you could see the actual pilots in the cockpit. So wow. what do I do? My, my first reaction other than waving, um, Obviously, we notified security. We notified the talk and everything. I had on uh, these these Under Armour shorts and Under Armour um, boxer briefs, and they were fluorescent orange. So I thought it would be a great opportunity to show a little uh, perestroika, if you will. And, uh, yeah, I dropped trout and moon the spy plane. It went by another couple times just to verify what was going on. And, and the, the mission director told me afterwards, he's like, you know your ass is going to be up there on a picture in the Kremlin, right? And I right. said, yeah, that's kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> I, was just th- I was just visualizing that, you know, as they're oh, zooming yeah. in. <laughs> yeah, um, and we're waving, and I'm showing them my ass, and they're laughing. Yeah, it was a good time, you know? I, I think it really brings brings two countries together. <laughs> oh, man. You know, and, and the other thing that reminds is that Maverick moment in Top Gun uh when yeah. they when they fly upside down and get the it's picture mm, yeah so <laughs> yeah well this, this tower wasn't having any of that I'll tell you right now. wow well you know and that's yeah. it you're out there uh when you're doing that uh job i mean uh the waters get pretty rough do you ever get seasick and, oh yeah and oh yeah and here's the thing you know i'm a i'm a i'm a crusty sailor man i've, I've been at sea for more times than i've been on land hmm. in this you know, in this contract, but, uh, it gets bad. And, um, there's also like a smaller transfer vessel. The vessel that we're on is a pretty big platform. Um, but going back and forth, sometimes it, it gets to be, I mean, it goes anywhere from a five day to, there was a team out there that was out at sea for a month, just traveling to get to the, the vessel. Wow. So it gets pretty bad. And where we are, um, Let's just say that uh, we had uh, an interaction with the Coast Guard once that we had to uh, uh, medevac somebody off of there. Hmm. They said that it was three times worse of weather than the Bering Sea. And this wow. is coming from the Coast Guard. Yeah. Wow. So it, it gets pretty bad. It, get, it does get very, very bad out there. You know, cause I was um, just going to ask. The worst. It's, it's like on the other range of, you know, southern Afghanistan. It is the complete opposite. Hmm. And it's horrible. You know, because I was going to ask, I mean, there there must be times where he went, oh, my God, what am I doing out here? You know? Oh, what? yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm a, pretty much every day. Scott, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm a nervous passenger on, 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 on aircraft, and I've been known to tell that to the stewardesses when I'm looking for a better seat. Um, you know, uh, but out There's there. There's nothing on, you can do about it. <laughs> I know. I know. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Well, you know, a few stiff drinks that helps, but um, uh, you know, and I'm married, but still, you know, um, if I can get them to talk to me while I'm drinking, that helps too. But uh, (laughs) I'm just, you know. But but anyway, uh, but out there on the ocean, man, on the wall, I've, I'm, uh, I'm just one of those guys. uh, I, I like the ocean. I like being out in the water. But if it gets beyond, I don't know, 10 or 12 feet, I, I start getting really weird. 
um, about <laughs> about those deep open waters, man. I've oh yeah, I've sucked in my share of water, um, you know, and had trouble getting it back out and breathing again. Um, I just don't like it. Uh, so um, my hats off to you just for that right there. Okay, <laughs> I'm just saying, wow. Um, so uh, it's just another it's another version of the suck, bro. It, oh man, it must be. Well, I, and I guess you get used yeah. to it. It's, maybe "used to it" isn't the right word. You, no, it's not. I was just going to correct you. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. What you used you to acclimate to it. Right. Yeah. Wow. Um, so you know, and you're in really close confines there too, doing that, aren't you? I mean, with with, with oh people. Oh my god. Yes. Yeah. You you really there are times when you know you get to a point where it gets. Oh, you just get fed up. And I used to tell everybody, you know, the 90 day mark, once that 90 day mark hits, you got to start watching people because it just gets ugly. Huh. They get, you know, cabin fever or what have you, but you just, some, sometimes you get up and you just don't want to see anyone. You don't want to talk to anyone. You're having, you know, whether it be a bad day or just life hits you, man. And you just want to try to find a spot. Good luck, brother, because you you ain't gonna find a spot by yourself unless you're on the shitter for an hour. So, yeah, <laughs> and it, someone's it, gonna be knocking man. on the door. Hey, dude, what are you doing in there? <laughs> yeah, time's yeah, up. Exactly. I'm trying to get away from you. <laughs> well, and that's the thing out there on 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 boat ships, whatever you want to call. It. I mean, you can't get off. You can't get away. There's nowhere no. to go. No. <laughs> nope. I mean, and that might explain why, and I mean no disrespect to the Navy guys, but that might be why them and the Coast guys are a little different. Um, yeah. I mean, even, <laughs> even in the Navy, I got to go to ports, you know? I got to go to Japan and all kinds of cool places. No, dude, not out here. You get to see the ocean. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah. But, but I mean, but there is, but there are interesting facets to it. Like, you talk about the uh, the spy plane flying over and... Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, that that is kind of a cool guy thing, you know? I mean, because most people only see that in uh, biographies and movies. Uh, but you actually yeah, lived Yeah, nobody's going to see that reaction, though. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Your salute? <laughs> as, yeah. As I flew by? Yeah, that's what makes me special, buddy. <laughs> oh, man. Um, you know, we were talking just a little bit um, um, offline about... Uh, you know, some of the things that we've experienced over there. And, uh, but, uh, you've got, and it, you know, people ask me all the time, I said, man, I got no good stories. Are you kidding? And, uh, so let, let's say, let's get some more from you. I mean, you got some good ones. I, I like them, man. And I, I think the people that are listening want to hear them too. Uh, so what's the uh, best, what's the, whether was that, what about, um, you know, I mean, I got guys that, that I know they're still on the DOS contract, and they said, "Dude, I can tell you all kinds of things, and but I can't until I'm off contract because you know it's like, yeah, I get it. Um, you know, working for DOS is different. And, well, anyway, would you say that your experiences with DOS or DOD? Do you think you have the best stories from which one? You know, I honestly I don't think that even matters. I don't think that comes into play. I think fate itself and time and time and country. Mm. I think that's what it is. You mm. just right place at the right time, wrong place at the wrong time. I think that's what creates the good stories. You know, I could be anywhere and, and still have some good stories just being there during 
a period. No, no, know, I, I'll, I'll tell you what, Ramadan is always a good time. There's always something going on. <laughs> yeah, you well, yeah, well, and my recollection is that for the most part, um, the uh, the people that are of the Muslim faith, they don't have a very good sense of humor at that time of year. Um, no, God, no. <laughs> well, how would you be? They're all hangry, bro. Right. Yeah, well, yeah, I remember some of the stares and looks I used to get from them, from uh, some of them that we loosely considered ourselves to be friends. And, you know, usually right around noon is when they really started yeah. to, it started to come out. Cause they, cause and, they want a Snickers bar, bro. Yeah. And they're looking at me and saying, well, you know, I'm watching you smoke cigarettes. I'm watching you drink water. I'm watching you eat. And I can't do any of that until the sun goes down. And, exactly. and I used to have them say, you know, one or two, maybe even three or more would occasionally pop off, you know, well, why don't you go do that where I can't see it? <laughs> and I'm like, excuse me? <laughs> you know, I'm it's like, I'm offended by you. Look, dude, I, I, I appreciate what you're saying, but that's your problem, not mine. Okay. I mean, yeah, that's a choice. Yeah. And, and I get right. it. And, and I, my hat's off to you for, for doing that. I, I mean, no, no disrespect, but you want me to go right. out of my way so that you don't? I said, no, nah, I don't think so. Um, yeah, that never went over well, but you know, they, you know, we kind of kissed and made up. It's kind of like, you know, I just got them to understand they're just going to have to suck it up. Um, that, or they need to go find a place, go hide. We're different people. No, no big deal. Right. Right. Um, man, I remember, you know, uh, I'm sure you've seen this too. You know, when I think of comical stuff and I won't mention names, um, I won't even mention the branch of the military. Let's just say, um, I was really surprised at the rank too. Uh, we're talking at the officer level, at the uh, clearing barrels, um, and, oh, yeah. uh, and and three times in succession. And I'm going, what? And I and at that point, I'm thinking, there's something going on. And because I had three, been writing a report. Yes. So I'm in my office, yeah. and, and I'm writing, oh. I'm doing something with a report, and I hear this. I'm going, what? And you know, and it, at first, it just sounded like somebody was blowing up a uh, a paper lunch sack and popping it. You know, I used to do that sometimes wow. to just get people's attention, and, uh, and 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 to have fun too. <laughs> you know, um, and 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 just about the time as I'm getting up, one of my uh, uh, guards comes in and says, you know, and alerts me to it. And I said, "You're kidding." I went out there and I looked at this dude and I went, "Oh my god!" Um, I won't say he was above a major. Let's just put it that. And I thought, and I'm going, really, three times? And he was getting ready to do it a fourth time when one of the guys on, on my team had the clarity of mind to reach over and um, gently uh, remove the weapon from him. <laughs> gently, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, and I'm like, this, I mean, how embarrassing. And he's out there with somebody about the same rank. And, uh, and everybody's looking wow. at me like, what are you going to do about it, Scott? You know, because the rules say, um, and, and it was right there in front of God and everybody. I mean, you heard it across the entire camp. It wasn't a very big camp. And, uh, I'm just going great. Now what? Well, I didn't want to really, you know, ruffle feathers. I didn't really want to rock the boat. So long story short, yeah, I kind of swept it under the rug and we shook hands and we wink and a nod and let it go. And we were all good friends afterward. But, um, yeah. I mean, it's just. It's like really, and he was going to do it a fourth time, and and it was and it was because he had his finger on the trigger every time he was doing it. It's oh like, my god! Yes, yes, and and, and that's and it's like, <laughs> but at least you know, 
one of the guys tried to put a, a happy smile on it by saying, well, at least he was doing it in the clearing barrel. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I, I got to tell you, man, we I've only had one that I've heard of on one of my contracts. I have never, knock on wood, I have never been a part of any ND in my immediate presence since I've been contracting or in the military, to my knowledge. Well, I, I've been really lucky, lucky to be around individuals who actually knew how to handle weapons. I mean, it could happen to anyone else, yeah, but whew, yeah. Well, we, that's, we, that's we, a big no-no. We've, we've actually fired guys from the contract yep. for just weapons violations. Yep. You know, oh, you left your, left your weapon in the clearing barrel because you were talking or... You know, you, you left a round over here. You're not, you don't have all your, your rounds or something stupid. You yeah. Know? Well, but I've never an ND. Well, well, that's one of the, yeah. And, and it's surprising, um, you know, especially if it's a military, a former military guy, because that's one of the things that's pounded into you at boot camp. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, they just pound it, drill it into you. Um, oh, yeah. You know, your weapon is, is you, it's part of you. Um, you know, it yep. doesn't matter. Yeah, well, there and there was another one um, at at a special place there in Baghdad um, where we were changing shifts, and for I don't remember why, but we were hot swapping the pistol. <laughs> I think we were yep. short on we were short on weapons and in one thing. Yeah, or another. we've done it before. Yeah, so we were hot swapping, and we were inside this facility, and I handed it to the guy, and uh, he goes to check it to just to make sure, and uh, a round pops out, and uh, he does it again. And me and the other guy I'm on shift with, we're starting to look at each other. And he does it a third time. Still got some mag in there. Yes, and 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 I'm and now we're starting to look at the guy that he's paired up with, and he does it a fourth time. And finally, I'm like, "What are we gonna?" You know, we're looking at each other, and the guy that I'm paired up with reaches over, uh, takes the pistol from his hand, drops the mag, clears it, and says, "There, now try it." <laughs> I, I honestly, whoever I would have done the same damn thing before somebody actually. But I mean, but, but here's the thing. And is the other part of it, as I recall, because it was almost a big deal. Um, that they tried to pass the guy that, that, that did that, tried to pass it off as it was me doing it when my supervisor and other people were talking to me because we were inside a facility where, um, it wasn't Abu Ghraib, but it was something similar to that. Okay. And, um, there were, there were paper thin walls and his finger was on was uh where it shouldn't have been and so it could have been a really bad situation um so i'm just yeah i've been around that i mean one of my good buddies you know um had a a nine mil go down uh his thigh he had a nice little um beauty beauty mark as a result (laughs) i'm just you know um you know and i've seen it here in the states it's like just the stupid things people do uh when you're not paying attention you know and that's why you got you know we talk about looking over your shoulder and having your head on a swivel um but it's just everything constant you know talk about guys with crazy eyes well there's a reason for that Okay, we're not just yeah. always looking for the, the bad basics. guys either. We're looking for just the stupid things, the dumb things. Yep. Um, but yeah, I, you know, you got to be cognizant. I mean, th- those are the stories that that when I think of things, those are the those are the stupid, silly moments that I recollect um, pretty pretty vividly. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So it's it's funny you say that because when I was I was um, about to have my contract up with with Triple Canopy there, 
Um, I was going up to, uh, where the hell was I going to? Kabul to work with a company. I'm trying to think of the name of the company. Anyway, it was, it was what they called an atmospheric management, which, as we all know, is intel gathering. Mm. So I was about to take a gig with this company and um, went through all the paperwork and everything like that. And then I found out that they had another person. I don't know if it was in the Kabul area, but it was in that area of Afghanistan that had an ND. And it was a female who was in her chew. And I don't know how accurate this was, but apparently the ND shot, and it was one of those double stacks, and it shot um, another female. And I guess she died. So they ended up taking the weapons away from the individuals. So basically, the job that I was about to do, I was going to go out into town with a turf, with an interpreter, and get information from village elders, come back, translate it, and, and you know basically feed it into the big giant intel pot well they wanted people to go out there now with weapons because this whole case was under investigation so i think everybody like quit everybody's like screw that you know and uh i never even did it right you want me but to go where without like a weapon that, that ruin, <laughs> you know that could ruin everything right oh yeah no it, it it can and it does um i mean there have been uh I I won't say that I was on a contract that the company lost because of something like that, but those yep. are the sorts of incidences that cause the uh, prime con the the, the 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 prime client or the client to start raising their eyebrows and start questioning um, the professionalism of the people you, that yes. the company's hiring. And it's like you know, at some yep. point they start asking. What's your vetting process? And then they start to scrutinize you. Before it was all hands off; yeah. they let you come and go and do your thing. Now they're watching and listening to everything. Um, and, and that's exactly what it was. That, I mean, just like just like in the military, where somebody does something stupid and we have a safety stand down. That's the exact same thing that companies do. You know, it's, yep. it's they punish the whole mass because of one incident, which I get, and they gotta you know watch out for their own ass and their liability. But right. that happens. Just like we had a guy who thought he, he was a supervisor, too, and he thought he was being a wise ass because, you know, he was so good with weapons. He used to quick draw, and he did it to some new guy, like quick draw, actually draw hmm. his weapon like he was playing around with it. You don't play with the weapons, plain no. and simple. I don't care who you are. I like to have fun more than anybody. You don't screw with the freaking weapons. Right. And this guy actually pulled his, you know, drew his pistol out, pointed it at some dude, and a dude said something about it, told somebody else, and that guy was gone that day. Wow. And I'm like, what are you going to do? How stupid are you? Right. You know, this, this stuff is embedded in you. It, well, yeah. Well, you know, um, you know, speak, you know, so like, you know, sometimes when you're on contract, I mean, I know there were plenty of times that you you want to go shooting, you want to do the range stuff, but it's, it's impractical for certain reasons sometimes. Yep. So, I mean, yep. I was, I would be known to go in my room, but I always did it safely. I, I, Typically, I would do it without the magazine, and I would safety check it like you know ten thousand times. But there was never a magazine exactly. in there. Once in a while, you know, there would be times where it's like I gotta have the magazine there, <clears throat> but there were no bullets. You know, it was the same thing when I would right. do the. Uh, yeah, memory. yeah, you know. Absolutely. Um, but I, yeah, there were plenty of guys that did that. What you're talking about with rounds in the magazine, magazine in the well, and doing yeah. their. Ignorant. whatever they want to call it in the rooms and it's like 
really or even at work no. it's like come on man you know do that yeah, stuff no, you ain't that good do that stuff in your room okay i mean shit happens you know you have a brain fart you know it's kind of like the safety on on your rifle guys are, you know yep. guys got all kinds of reasons why they don't want to it's like okay whatever but here's the thing if you practice it enough if you you get versed enough at it <clears throat> okay and we can we can you know talk to you blue in the face about milliseconds uh, it, we're not in a combat if if we're in combat if we're actively shooting that's different okay we're not actively shooting so you know um come on man <laughs> you know but, yeah but you're not always going to be the quick draw slow is smooth smooth is fast yes I take that to my grave yes every time what? because when you rush you mess up well you know and that's that's a good point um because you know how time kind of slows down when that happens um yes. and you know it's kind of you get that weird tunnel focus <laughs> uh, Absolutely. yeah if your brain slows down with it you're good to go yes yes um so you know if you can remember that when you're practicing and doing your thing nothing wrong with with getting really quick and getting really quick with it i mean everybody wants to be quick but if you can't do it smoothly if you can't hit the target every time uh, what you're aiming at, then you're doing it wrong. So time to slow down and back it up. But yeah, no, I mean, I used to see that stuff all the time. I mean, th there were guys, yep. we would do training. <clears throat> there was this one place and out there in this main ACP and the guards really needed training. I mean, they needed it. Um, mm -hmm. and, and we would take, I would, you know, we'd do the safety thing, go to the clearing barrel, make sure none of the bullets were in their magazines. And, and we'd, uh, put blue tape all over the magazine. Um, and it was, you know, cause it would go back in the well, but we did all the safety checks. I do the same thing with my pistol and everybody, at least two, if not three of us were always looking at everybody's weapon as we're doing this. So everybody was sure yep. that we were firing dry weapons. And, yep. and I went through with the blue tape. I mean, just did everything a good look, you know, we're doing this safely. Um, so there is a way to do it and a proper way to do it. But that was my thing. Let's start slow and then let's work up to it. Okay. Because you can and be you, as quick as you want. The thing is, right now, even on my maritime contact right now, with, with all the heavy hitting, you know, pipe hitters and, and experienced individuals, we still do a bar uh, uh, firing barrel body check. You know, right. We still do it. Uh, we we're, we're, we have to use the clearing barrel. And mostly it is because of what we just, re, you know, just basically just restated. Somebody messed up once. So right. this is the way it has to go. Right. You know, and, well, and it doesn't matter. Big contract, small contract. No. And, 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 it, and you know, it, there's nothing wrong with, with doing that because, again, we're not actively engaged in mortal combat. So it's, right. you know. Exactly. Uh, we, you know, we all want to be able to go to sleep tonight. We all want to be able to go home in one piece. Uh, so, yep. <laughs> you know, yeah, but you know, but just there's, you know, some of the, you know, I mean, guys, uh, you know, they get on the machine gun and they let it get away from them, you know, when we're yeah. at the range oh, and yeah. it's, <laughs> oh, yeah. it's like, dude, um, <laughs> what are <Run> you, away, <laughs> <laughs> well that, or, uh, it's kind of almost comical in hindsight, and and sometimes yeah. it's almost comical there at the time when it's it's depending on the environment, right? You know where it, it rises up and they just can't get a hold of it, and somebody has to come and rescue them. <laughs> it's like oh, <laughs> yeah. it's like oh, you know, or when they want you to do it from the thigh, you know, down there in the groin area, and it and it bounces off yeah. and it gets between their legs, and it's like oh, jeez, oh, yeah. Uh, anyway, so <laughs> uh, those those sorts of moments, I mean. Uh, 
they're they're especially funny later. Nobody really got hurt. Um, it was egos bruised, yeah. but um, <laughs> you know those are the things. Uh, you know when 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 people ask, what, okay, and I'm going to ask you, but when they ask me what's it what's it like over there, and I say, well, here's a typical day, and I think it was you and I were talking about. It's kind of like being on a submarine when you talk to submariners. They say it's you know I'll be out there for three months, and you know. Um, out of that 89 days, it was nothing. And then one day of sheer terror yeah. for about 10 minutes. <clears throat> yep. So hurry up and wait. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, for, for you, what was a typical day like, um, on, on any one of these contracts? Um, well, one of them, I'll tell you what, one of them, when I was a supervisor in Afghanistan, I honestly wish I had more time in the day. Um, I was always moving. You know, I had my own little Hilux pickup truck and I was always riding around, but I always had something to do. Like I was always going from point A to point B and, and so on. And it went by extremely quick. And I, there was always something that I wish I'd accomplished more in mm. that day. You know, mm. I, I, I don't, I, I wouldn't say I was a hard charger and I was, you know, striving for greatness. I just, these were my men and I wanted to make sure they had everything that they needed. You know, right. I wanted to bring them all back home. Same kind of thing. You know, every every supervisor, that's what every, you know, guard team supervisor looks out for. That's what they want. They want to make sure all their guys are, are good to go and everybody gets back there nice and safe. So, well, at least that's what for, they for should. Me, that's, that's one of the things they should be doing because not all of them do it. <laughs> no, no, exactly. You're, you're, and you're right. Uh, I actually, the day I filled in, I was a temporary supervisor. Um for an individual, he was a uh, he was a retired gunny. Um, some people liked him, some people didn't. No, no big deal. You know, I got along great with him. Uh, but after me filling in for him for a week or two, all the guy, you know, a majority of the guys got together and they told the um, the PM that they wanted me as a full time supervisor, and I was just filling in. Um, you know, they, they actually made the shift hmm. because of it, but it was just me doing my job the way I realized this is what I had to do. I'm looking out for these guys. So I'm basically, you know, I thought I was working for them hmm. to provide for them so that they could do their jobs. And that's the way I looked at it. Apparently that worked out well, you know, hmm. um, I, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that because of the fact that it was affirmation for me to do my job. Yeah, you know? and, and I got that kind of that kind of uh, response from it. Well, you know, um, that's an important point to make. Uh, you know that uh, you've either got a good boss, or you know that you're acting in the capacity of being a good boss when the guys that you're leading, whether you're a supervisor or a manager, or whatever your your rank or title is, when they want to be on your team, they want to be in your AO. They want you to be in charge of them. Um, that's that tells you something because I, you know, I, I wasn't just one contract, but one in particular. I remember is like, uh, it's like, where are all these supervisors? You know, and I, I won't go yeah. into detail, but I mean, it's like, what are they doing? And you'd hear it's like, well, no wonder no one likes these guys, and no wonder these guards yeah. don't want to be on the contract, and no wonder they want to be over here where I'm at. I mean, some guys hated me because I, I made them work and made them get outside and do things. Um, you know, it's like, damn, yeah. you're being paid, man. You know, I'm out here. You can be out here, too. Come on. Let's go have well, some fun. And, and here's the kicker. Here's the kicker to my story. So this this gunny who, 
you know, came back from leave and then they realized, Hey man, you know, we got some guys who, who want to see this other guy in position. So I was now in charge of three areas of the base, you know, the, the maw, the meth, you know, the Marine air wing, uh, expeditionary forces, and, you know, this Leatherneck side of security. So this gunny had kind of been demoted and they asked him where he wanted to go. He could have gone anywhere. There were, you know, a few other supervisors for different parts of, of the area. And he honestly said, I, I wouldn't mind working for Paul. And hmm. I, I, I took that as one of the biggest compliments ever. This guy gets demoted to go anywhere he wants, but he wants to work for the guy who actually took his spot. Hmm. And that never gave me a problem. It wasn't, you know, some undermining thing that he wanted to do. He just, he saw how the guys liked me and, and he ended up coming to work for me. And which was to me, that was, that was all the confirmation I needed that I was on the right path, you know? Right. Well, you know, um, but that harkens to, um, the utter core competency of professionalism that we're, that, uh, guys like us are talking about when, when we talk about professionals, um, you know, all kinds of people, all kinds of notions come to people's minds about professionals. And, uh, you know, I, cause I frequently tell guys, you know, it's, it's like, well, I'm a professional. Really? Why are you professional? Well, cause I've been doing this for yeah, 10 yeah. years. It's like, well, you know, and I smell good and I look good. And it's like, okay, if that's a professional, <laughs> <laughs> whatever, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. I mean, I, I remember working one job here stateside. I worked for this company for like three weeks and after the first weekend, I didn't want to do it. By the second weekend, I was sure I didn't want to do it. And by the third weekend, it was it was mutual. I'm out of here. Um, but this yeah. one dude, you know, it's, it's this stereotypical thing. Well, you know, um, I was going to be a contractor. I thought about being a contractor, you know, and it's like, oh, geez, here we go. And we're standing, <laughs> yeah, we're standing there, and uh, he's going, and you know, because he and I were were talking um, inside this place. That uh, and and this guy comes walking up that he knows it's a it's a frequent customer, and the guy got a little too close to me for comfort, and so I kind of moved over and and positioned myself such that there was plenty of space between me and him and my pistol because this guy may be nervous. Oh yeah. And the guy made a comment to that, and I I don't remember what my exact response was, but it's kind of like, well I'm you know just kind of you know guarding myself something like that. Anyway, the guy that I was with makes the comment and he says, well I don't get nervous. And I looked at him, he goes, because I'm a professional. And I was like, <laughs> okay, you don't get, you don't get nervous because you're a professional. Yeah, whatever, Mr. Mr. I was, I thought about being a contractor. Yeah, right. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's the same dude, you know, but I mean, um, you know, people overreacting to stupid little things and, and not responding properly to things that they should be. Um, yeah. You know, but so what you, you know, professionals, whether they're the ground pounder, knuckle dragger, window looker, whatever you want to call them, or the guy that's up in the office, uh, the program manager, whoever, professional, I mean, that that takes in a lot of things. And, and at some point, what you're talking about, the reason people look up to you and they want to be led by you is you have a certain air about you, a certain confidence, a certain assurance um, and they just feel comfortable around you. I mean, and you're not out there, uh, you know, putting it on your sleeve. Hey, I'm large in charge. I'm, I'm Mr. Smarty Pants. Yeah. I know everything. It's like, no, that's not the case. Um, yeah, I don't care if I look good. I want you guys to do your job well and, you know, allow me to 
to give you everything you need to succeed. That's it. That's a leader. Yes. Um, I wasn't a boss. Yeah. I mean, how many times did, did, did I or you go out of our way to get whatever it was they were asking for um, because nobody else would do it? They were all complaining. It's like, well, shit, let's go complaining. Let's go ask for it. Let's go talk to someone. It's, well, it's convincing. Well, ask my shift lead. Ask my shift lead. I almost got fired. <laughs> I, there, were, there were so many things that I was I'm, – I'm a passionate man, and when it comes to people, I'm even more passionate. And there were, there were things that I went storming into the PM's office saying, you know, my guys are not going to be subject to this bullshit. And then I'd walk out you know, going, oh, boy, I think I just got my flight home in a, in a C-17. <laughs> you know? And then the ship leader would come out and go, damn, bro, you're, you really just said what you felt. And I said, yeah, man, am I done? <laughs> He's like, no. And he goes, the old man actually respected it. And I was like, shit. <laughs> huh. It's kind of like that uh, moment in the bottom of the White House in that movie uh, Hunt for Red October when, shit, Jack, I said to speak your mind, but... <laughs> yeah. yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. If I think I'm right and it's for the right purpose, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something. Yeah. Right. Uh, well, I mean, and there, you know, that's not to say that we don't go, okay, there's a time and place. Maybe I'll just keep my mouth shut for now. Um, right. You know, because I, I try to take it offline and just keep it between me and the person or persons involved because, you know, we don't right. need to create a playhouse 50 whatever out there for everybody. Um, I'm no, not trying to. You, you don't want to bring your opinion up just to make somebody else look bad. That's not what I'm doing. You know? Right. Obviously, that, that, that comes to the old adage, praise in public and, and you know, and preaching private or whatever. Right. So, yeah. No, I'm not, I'm not looking to, to point someone out like that. Well, exactly. You know, and, and and that crosses all boundaries and cultures and everything. So when you talk about respect, uh, right. you know, which frequently comes up, um, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, for purposes of what we're talking about, like, um, say, in the Middle East, uh, whether it's the Iraqis or the Afghans, um, they don't want to be called out or embarrassed any more than you or I want to. Um, oh, and absolutely. the amount of the amount of respect and uh, goodwill and uh, uh, cooperation that you can garner just by, you know, tapping them on the shoulder and saying, hey, come over here. And just the two of you taking it up instead of calling yeah. them out in front of everybody. You know, that that, that serves no purpose. It goes a long way. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, it's, uh, you know, and, and now obviously there there's things where no amount of uh, respect or mutual cooperation. I mean, some people just have completely lost their minds, and so you get what we call the green on blue situations and stuff like that. I mean, yeah. that happens um, because some of them just they—they uh, they just hate us that much. There's nothing you can do about it, and sometimes you can just kind of yeah. sense it when you're sitting there looking at the person, hearing them talk. You can just tell. I mean, some I I I try to. Yeah, and it and it can get a little unnerving at times, and uh, you know I think for me, you know, coming and going when you don't have a weapon when you're traveling, and you're in those situations in those crowds, that's when I got the nervous, the most nervous, I should say, and it's like I want to get on the plane. I'm a nervous passenger, but I want to get on the plane now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know, I don't know how nervous I got, but I would, I would just adjust my plan. And that's all I did. Yeah. You know, I would try to, I'd try to see two, three steps ahead of me. I would adjust for what I have in my environment and I would use that to my advantage. And, and I think that's what makes me comfortable. I, I honestly, 
I'm kind of comfortable everywhere. It's almost scary. Hmm. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I, I like, I like being able to run through scenarios in my head, hmm. you know, even if, even if I'm, I'm exaggerating and, and there's, there's no real threat. Um, as long as my gut doesn't, you know, send me those signals because my gut has never been wrong. And I think that's why you and I are still around to, to talk like this hmm. right now. You know, we listen, we listen to, to those, those small little clues and hints and innuendos and, well, and just play off it. Well, yeah. Uh, I mean, those, those are, uh, somebody re- wrote some years ago, everything I needed to learn about life. I learned in the fifth grade or, or by the fifth grade, you know, and, and part of what that person was saying is, uh, that, that, that inner voice of ours that tells us, you know, the fight or flight thing, you know, it's kind of like, yep. there's something wrong with this situation. I don't know what it is, but it's not right. So let's get out of here. Uh, yes. you know, and I tell that to my wife or kids or anybody else. It's like, if you get that feeling when you talk with somebody, especially when it's a stranger, uh, listen to it, yep. <laughs> you know, Absolutely. you don't have to understand it. You don't need to know why just, you know, vacate, <laughs> you know, <clears throat> So what were some of the things that, uh, you know, as you're traveling, coming and going, um, what are some of the things you like to do or that you look forward to um, in that uh, long travel time? Getting home. Getting home. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that that's great because uh, can you articulate to the people that are listening that, that don't know, I mean, what's it like? What's it feel like when you get home? I mean, what are all those things you go through, the, the, the feelings, the, ex- the experience? Oh, it's elation, man. Uh, depending on what contract I'm coming home from, whether it's a, you know, 10-day travel or a three-day travel, it's usually, it usually it takes a couple of days at least. Um, that whole thing where, hey, man, I'm getting closer, it's getting excited, it's, it's almost like a kid at Christmas. You know, it's the night before Christmas and you're, you're about to, you know, go into this huge realm of gifts and excitement and joy. Mm. That's how it is for me to come home. Um, uh, Last year when I, when I came back to contracting and uh, I decided to surprise my wife because I was supposed to come home, I think a couple weeks later or three weeks later. And uh, I had gotten the, the, the nod to come home early. So I did, and I decided not to call her when I got to the airport, and I took an Uber home, and she still thought I was in country. Um, I took an Uber home, and my son and I orchestrated. I've, I've got a 15-year-old son who's my mini-me. He, uh, he and I were in comms, and uh, I orchestrated it where I was just going to go up and ring the doorbell. And my wife my wife opened the door, and she videotaped it, and it was so awesome. You know, it's just that, that feeling. She was oh my god you know jumping up and down wow. which is that's just awesome man it, it's you know it's christmas morning that, that's that's right. how i uh that's how i i come home you know that's probably a good way to put it um you know my wife as time went on used to do something similar um we, we used to surprise the kids all the time uh, you know and i used to and i remember you know at first when i started leaving they would they you know they wanted to go to the airport uh, yeah. And then as time went on, you could see there was some resistance. And then eventually they didn't want to go to the airport and they didn't. And I kind of was a little bummed out. But after a little time, I, I kind of understood. It's like, okay, I get it. Um, and then to kind of test that theory, uh, my wife and I would keep it under wraps that I was coming home. They had no idea because we'd tell them it was weeks later. And uh, they're either, you know, and we come home and uh, she walks through the doors 
and uh, she says, come here, I want to show you guys something. And they would just <laughs> freak out. Oh, my God. You know, yeah. yeah. It, so it's kind of like, you know, you know how a puppy is when you finally bring him home and he's jumping all yeah. over you? Yeah, that's what it was like. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and that, tell me that's not one of the most awesome feelings ever. It is. It is. Um, it's sometimes after about 10 or 15 minutes, like, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Enough. Yeah. <laughs> you <In> know. Reality. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but you know, but we had talked we had talked about that earlier about uh you know the the things that the the pressures and the burdens and the, the challenges that the family goes through with yeah. the husband being gone, it, it's not all about us. It's, I mean, yeah, we have plenty of our own things to worry about and the wife was pretty good about it too. She knew I had to focus and she didn't want to burden me with all the family things. Um yes. uh, with phone calls and Skype. Um but uh yeah, I mean, it, there's just an awful lot that uh, the sacrifices that uh, the men and women make um, that work over there. And, uh, you know, it's not just the private security contractors, too. I mean, sometimes, like, I, uh, there were some, uh, for, I don't remember why, but for some reason, I always think of this gal. Uh, Christine was her first name. I don't remember. Um, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to say her name, Christine Bowers. So if you're listening, uh, that was her name. She was an admin gal, and she was one of the... Um, most professional admin people I ever met and worked with on contract over there. And she was always ultimately helpful. And uh, everything that she had to go through, I mean, imagine being a, a good-looking woman, the only good-looking woman on a base, okay, over there. Yeah, that's tough. That's tough in itself, man. For real. I'm just, all those dogs. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and then, the, you know, all the things that, you know, people go through in life anyway, that goes through their head. Uh, but uh, she was just, uh, you know, this, you know, so just the, everything that everybody has to go through, because we're all in the same boat, same place. Uh, our jobs might be different. Our titles are different, but uh, we're all experiencing something okay, I similar. I lost you, man. You still there? I hear you just there fine. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah okay. I lost you for a little Uh-oh. bit. Uh-oh. Ma Bell, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but oh, no. yeah, well, <laughs> am I dating myself? Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, no. So, I mean, yeah, the, the contracting life, it's, it's, um, it, it's not dissimilar to guys that have been in the military. Um, uh, I mean the, the military life, it's, it's, uh, right. probably the, the biggest difference and, uh, probably the only really biggest difference is that. Every day, if we're in a war zone, uh, the guys with the guns that are in the, that are uh, the military guys have to go out there and do it every day. You and I, we're doing it. It's a little different. Um, we're not charged with that. Things are different than they used to be back in the old days. Um, but uh, they still refer to us as mercenaries. How do you feel about that? Yeah. You know, I, I got yeah, into an I argument with somebody online about that earlier today. It's like, what, dude? <laughs> yeah. I mean, okay. Here's the deal. We break it down. Yes, we're doing it for money. We're hired guns. But a lot of us, for most of us, we work with the government. You know, we work in tandem with the government. We're a private company on a government contract. So it's not like, you know, I'm out there trying to overthrow another dictator or something like that. I'm not I'm not going in, you know, with, with a small group of, of expendables on, on a friggin' DC-9 flying into you know south america trying to take over a coup uh, so it, it it's not like that anymore you know right i mean it's that's more, it's more structured 
Yeah, and, and there are the benefits though. Well, but there is stuff out there like that, and and, and something came yeah. out in the news here re, uh, recently, uh, somewhere in the late fall or early winter of last year, about that down in South yeah. America. You know, so that stuff yeah. does happen. Yeah. So that stuff you could probably classify as true mercenary kind of work. Okay. Oh yeah, and, the the real life triple frontier that went down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. Um. You know. Yeah. You know, technically, what 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 we did or what we do, you know, probably technically, strictly speaking, falls under the definition of mercenary. But that's not what we're doing. Um, no, it's more support. Yeah, and, and and for the most part, we're, we're defensive. I mean, uh, I you know, there's, you know, we we might be on edge sometimes, and we might be pushing the bounds of of offensive stuff, but we're not. Um, no, as a matter of fact, my my. Uh, my stint with the uh, Department of State was actually a training program. So we were training the Kurds up to run PSD for their individuals, hmm. you know. So it, it, it's a whole different different atmosphere. You know, there's different contracts for different atmospheres, but and that was cool. Right. You know, and, and uh, you know, speaking of which, you know, we've talked about there is the diversity of contracts out there is astounding. I mean, it, it's not as big as it used to be. Granted, the temple yeah. is not what it used to be. Granted, but the, the sheer number of contracts and jobs available is still pretty astounding. And uh, so, you touched on one uh, training, mentoring. Um, yeah. You know what? So, from your perspective, in your experiences, how was that, and and how did it differ from uh, security work? Oh, it was a lot different. Um, I mean, you'd still you'd still do portions of it. I mean, we still had you know a QRF team, ERT team. We still did our own movements, um, and there were you know strictly American teams that would go out and do movements. But we also had integrated with uh, not only did we integrate with the Marine Security Force there when we did training, we also obviously integrated with the the Kurdish and. Hmm. Um, Man, they were they were not only eager to learn, they were incredibly professional. Hmm. But they get it, you know, they got it, and they they were awesome, man. It, it was it was really a good time. Huh. They were really good, and uh, it was completely different from, you know, uh, say my time just being a, you know, a, a trigger squeezer or, or something like that. You know, it was a it was a, a method, you know, and it kept it kept you it kept your brain energized. You know, because you were always doing things. You're thinking about it while you're teaching it. And it was, yeah, I loved it. Huh. Yeah, you know, um, I got to say, I, I the uh, what I call the short amount of time that I actually spent actively uh, training or instructing, uh, that was a good feeling over there. Uh, the first one I did, I, yeah. I, I, I took it upon myself. But just because these guys are like, oh, my God, these guys need, not only do they need something to do, but if something happens, there's I had absolutely no complete lack of confidence that they would be able to do the job. Um, and then the other time was, uh, <clears throat> uh, who knows what my, I mean, my title was everything from consultant to um, advisor to camp manager to mentor <laughs> it's like yep. you know yep. basically an overpaid babysitting job uh for, for yeah but I, I can see that with the a and a or a and p yeah well but, well that particular one the second one i did was um 
uh, with, four, well, I, I won't, I can't say who the client was, but uh, the people that I was mentoring were the APPF. And uh, yep. they, yep. you know, they were actually some pretty good, I won't say they were all squared away. They, uh, they weren't all good dudes. But for the most part, the guys that I had direct interaction with on a daily basis, uh, they were. And, and they were like what you talk about, the Kurds. And we talked about the respect thing. Um, yeah. they, they, they developed a level of respect and trust for me that there was nothing more than just a few days of rumors of striking because they hadn't been paid in three months. And, and oh. the, the only reason they stayed on the job and didn't rise up or rebel and stay together was because I assured them in no uncertain terms that, look, we've done everything right. We've crossed our T's. We've dotted the I's. We've done everything we're supposed to do. It's not our problem. It's your guys. And, uh, when I was able to come up with names and offices and titles, uh, they knew I was telling the truth. And then when they called yeah. and, and their lieutenant drove into town and confronted them, I was off the hot seat. And from that point on, it was almost a love affair. But talk about interesting times. I mean, there, there's a lot of, uh, uh, but I'm just saying, you know, I was going to ask, you know, when we talk about training, instructing and mentoring uh, people in other countries, do you get the impression, did you get the impression that they want to do this? They want to take over? They want to do this on their own? Or do you get the impression uh, that... No, de depending on where you are and the, the certain individuals themselves, yeah. Uh, I definitely 100% got that in, in Kurdistan. Um, not so much... Well, I'd say half and half in Afghanistan. But... Uh, hmm. It's a, it's a different type. It's as almost as if they were being forced to do it. You know, they were more uh, automatons than anything. Hmm. And, and I don't, I, I'm trying not to say that in a negative way, but it, it's true. Huh. You know, they, they were basically just going through the motions, right. whereas the Kurds, are, it's like eyes open. You know what I'm saying? Hmm. They're looking into your soul and they're trying to learn everything that you have to teach. Huh. And, and not only that, but they're bringing up to the table you know and we also worked with the uh isaish who were like uh secret police outside hmm. they, you know they those those guys were were on spot too interesting you know that um yeah. I, I seem to recall i was talking with the guy um just a few days ago from sierra leone and and when you talked about people that just soaked it up uh it certainly again wasn't all of them but uh, the, some of the people from Sierra Leone and Uganda and some of the other uh, African countries that I worked with uh, doing some training and instructing with, some of the, I mean, some to a lot of them did exactly what you're talking about. They soaked it up. They were yeah. just waiting for somebody like you or me to, to show them this stuff. I mean, they couldn't yeah, get enough. Yeah, to learn so that they could defend their families and their, and their tribes. Absolutely. Yeah. I was like, wow. Um, so, I mean, it's, and it just, you know, uh, with all the stuff that's going on, the stuff that's been going on, you know, I try to remind people that it's easy to get upset and frustrated, but it's like, you know, everybody's not the same. We're not, you know, just because we're this or you're that doesn't mean everybody's like that. Um, you know, take, take, take but each person as they come. Yeah. Not everybody gets the experience that we have, bro. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I honestly, and you know what? And part of me wishes they could. 
at least to to an extent, just so that you can see the big picture. That you know the small stuff. <laughs> don't don't let the small stuff bug you, bro, because there's a lot more out there that can kill you. Oh yeah, well yeah, and you know everything from don't sweat the small stuff to. But you know, but that's an that that's a good point you bring up because um, one of the things that we figure out um, if you know say we we learned it it was taught whatever but you figure out is uh you figure out how to stay focused and not let the little things and not get distracted by the things that don't matter and that sometimes irks my wife because you know she's talking and i'm like not paying attention because it's not important <laughs> you know? yeah. um, well i i don't blame you i don't blame you but you gotta you gotta convey to them well uh is this life or death no <laughs> right so then it's entertainment, you know, <laughs> there's, there's two different categories in our mind. You know? We're not, we're not complicated people. <laughs> right. Oh man. Um, Hey Paul, you know, uh, this happened last time, but, um, I'm looking at the clock and we're running up against, uh, um, time again. Um, so I'm not going to put pants on. You're not going to wear pants. I'm not going to put pants on now. <laughs> Uh, well, that, okay, and that's fine. That's fine. I, you know, I can respect that. You know, um, you know, my wife used to complain that you know, just because we live in a house now, Scott, doesn't mean you can walk around naked all the time. Um, <laughs> you know. Well, just don't leave the windows open. Well, well, I'm like, why? It's my house. <laughs> you know. <laughs> oh, anyway. Uh, so um, with that, uh, before you know, as we wrap this up, uh, Paul, again, can I ask you? Uh, you, you've got a lot of good um, point, a lot of good advice, and a lot of great stories. So uh, before I forget, um, this is our second round. Um, uh, I'm hoping that you'll want to come back um, and do this again <clears throat> for a round three um, at some point in the future, sooner or later. Bro, you take, 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 and what do I get? <laughs> <laughs> you, got, you guys have dental? <laughs> Um, absolutely. I'm not. Brother, I'm absolutely. not. <laughs> yeah. Okay, thank you. I, I didn't want to go too far down that road. I, my wife might be listening family. at this point, so I, I got to be careful what I say. Uh, I've been known to get the hand on the back of the head, um, kind of thing. You know, it's like what? The, why you? Anyway, uh, that's awesome, man. Um, so it's been. This has been an awfully great conversation. Um, can so one more time? Can you give people a take something that you've learned, something that that means a lot, or something that you really want to get off your chest? Something a takeaway, something that you want folks to take away and remember as we wrap this up. Ah, geez. you know uh, some some old sage wise advice, huh? Yeah, uh, yeah. God, here's the thing, man. You, in this industry, it, it ain't all about being, you know, just out there for the money and out there for yourself. It's just like it was in the military. You you are fighting for a cause, and if you can't see the cause, then look at the guy or the gal to the right or left of you, and, and that's what you're fighting for. And if you don't like those sons of bitches, then maybe this ain't the right category for you, mm. you know? Um I, I happen to love most of the guys and gals that I work with, um, and I would uh, I would throw myself in front of it for them. So, hmm. if you can tell yourself that, nah, you're you're probably in the right spot then. Wow, yeah, well, yeah, and, and, and anybody that's listening that doesn't understand it, uh, you know, we can't really clarify it any better for you. Um, 
Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, <clears throat> so I want to say uh, to everybody that's listening, <clears throat> thank you again to Paul Rossi, my guest on this episode, uh, the second episode uh, with him on it, uh, for taking time out of his day to uh, sit down and talk with us about his experiences. Again, uh, he's former Navy uh, private security contractor, model, actor, uh, pretty much anything and everything you can think of. Um, so I'm going to thank him for <laughs> uh, taking oh, time. I watched MacGyver growing up. So, yeah, I can do everything. <laughs> uh, so uh, anyway, I hope everybody enjoyed this as much as I did. Uh, thank you again for being a guest here. Uh, folks, remember to be careful what you wish for. You might just get it. Uh, stay safe, stay frosty. And until next time, keep it real.